Great to be here this morning again, and Happy New Year to everybody. Well, you know, it's, it's gone and passed. <laughs> Somebody's hearing at the back. Yeah, that's right. Today it's almost impossible to get lost, no matter how hard you try. Whether you are speeding down the freeway, or scrabbling up Mount Manganui or Mount Manaya, you're always in sight of satellites spinning through space that can tell you exactly where you are. Walking around with a smartphone in your pocket, you'll have ready access to a GPS or a global positioning system receiver that can pinpoint your position and on a good day, just a few meters away. Take a wrong turn in your car and this is what my GPS says. Take the left, turn right, go straight ahead or proceed to the route until you're confidently back on track. If we really want to discern what direction God is leading us this year and beyond, then we better get acquainted with God. Connect with God on a consistent basis. God, our GPS, pinpoints direction for our every step. What God has called you to do and your divine purpose in life, sometimes for reason only you know can get off. God determined voice through the Holy Spirit is reminding us to proceed to the root. Let's pray. Lord God, you are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. You are the light in the darkness. Even when we don't see it, you are working. Even when we don't feel it, you are working. You never stop working, for that is who you are, Jesus. Lord God, you have taught us that anything we do without love is worth nothing. For whoever lives without love is counted dead before you. This morning, as we share in your word, Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts that excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and all of all virtues. Grant this for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, this morning. Amen. So in this morning, in this morning's text, there are two themes. Long text, but there are two themes. In verses 1 to 4, John is warning us about testing the spirits. In verses 5 to 21, he reinforces the theme of God's perfect love and knowing and seeing God's love in action. And we are urged to proceed to the route that God has predestined for us. That is, we are his children. He loved us so much, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The Lord has a purpose for our lives that gives us direction, 
And John here was so apprehensive or on edge with the people of God that he wrote this letter to affirm them in their walk with God. I have titled, as you may have guessed, my sermon, Proceed to the Root. At the time when John wrote this letter, the community had a real problem believing God had taken on human form, questioning that Jesus was actually a human person. John was so troubled and concerned with the growing number of teachers and false prophets spreading lies that Jesus was not human. And of course, this was elevated by some followers of Jesus with their teaching, as we see in 1 John 2.19. They went out from us, but they did not belong to us. There are tools to false teaching that were widespread at that time. One called docetism, the other Gnosticism. Docetism taught that Jesus was actually a spirit who only appeared to have a body. He cast no shadow and left no footprint. He was God, but not man. Gnosticism, on the other hand, a Greek word meaning knowledge, held that all physical matter was evil. The spirit was good. And only the intellectually enlightened or informed people could enjoy the benefit of such religion. Both these groups found it hard to believe in a saviour that was fully human. So here John wrote to endorse the believer's faith and urged them to focus and nurture their faith by holding on to their understanding and belief in Jesus as the incarnate and resurrection. John, don't forget, as the eyewitness to Jesus, makes the point clear in this letter to the community. He implores them that when facing significant challenges to their faith, that they remember to trust, to obey, and to love. You'll see all those in John 1. Just three. This is the same words of wisdom for us right here in hope this morning. That is, we are to proceed to the route that God has called us to. When we became a follower of Jesus and gave our hearts to the Lord. How well I can remember that day when I said yes to Jesus. My GBS has suddenly changed. We are to hold on to our faith and believes and trust that God will complete the work he started in our lives. That is, we are to be confident that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, as is written in Philippians 1-6. to The words trust, obey, and love are small words but are challenging in their significance, especially in difficult times. And it leads us to ask the following question. How does one know what is trust? How does one know what is to be obeyed? 
Where does the strength come from to love in the midst of conflict? Where does it come from? Well, these questions were in the forefront of John's concern and care for his fellow believers. He wanted them to hold fast to their beliefs in the midst of overt and shameless false teaching against Jesus, the Son of God. Today, more than any time in history, we must be on our guard against false teaching. Because why? The internet. You know, with a flick of a button, we can access any Christian topic. We can have Bible studies to your hearts galore. You can have any daily meditation plan that you want. Or you can have a church service that is at your fancy. At our fingertip, we can watch, we can listen, we can read, we can study any doctrines that appeals to us. What teaching is impacting you today? What do you obey? Well, John's answers to these questions is embedded in today's text. Let me summarize. Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. There are many false prophets in the world. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You know, John recognizes the variety of spirits at work in the world at that time and was very concerned about their influence on the midst of the believers. Such a conviction and understanding was common during that time for both Christian and Jewish circles. And here Paul alludes to this in his letter to the Romans about the concept of principalities and powers that says that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, as we read it in Romans 8. 38 and 39. So here the first thing John says is, the Spirit's presence in believers' lives makes obeying the commandments to believe and love possible. The Spirit helps us to overcome all temptations and discouragement from all false teaching that we hear. So he says, first, we need to know the truth. And secondly, we need to discern other truths. So the first point for us to consider this morning is, what is truth? What do you believe truth is to be? Well, right here in verse 1, it answers it for us, that every spirit that acknowledged that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Any other teaching is as in Antichrist. You know, John uses metaphors, symbols, such as the righteous living 
and lies, death and life, sons of God and sons of the world to make the distinction between the believers and non-believers. I think we need to really understand what that is. He was so concerned, John was so concerned that believers' faith was being discouraged and influenced by people's talk and false prophets that he appeals to the believers to test them and not just to accept them. Test them, not just accept them. He pleads with them to be aware and not allow what they hear to take their minds away from Jesus. What might be taking your minds away from Jesus? Today we must apply the same principle. You and I, follower of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we are to hold on to his teaching. And the truth will set us free, according to John 8, 31 to 32. Our GPS is calling us, proceed to the root. We are encouraged to testify to the truth that Jesus is God revealed, who is both human and divine. The second point is, test other spirits and those people under their influence and their doctrines. Oh my goodness. That means you need to test what I think too. Whatever I say, whatever's being preached to you, I think that's what it means. Don't just accept it. John encourages his readers to test the Spirit, to see whether they are from God, in verse 1. He tells his reader to critique the messages they are hearing because not all teaching are from God. Just as the idea of competing spirits was common in the ancient world, so is the concept of testing those spirits and those who may be under their influence in today's world. And Paul writes to the Thessalonians, do not quench the spirit, do not despite the words of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. For us today, this raises the question of other religions, such as the Latter-day Saints, that Jesus' incarnation was the result of a physical relationship between God, the Father, and Mary. Or the Jehovah's Witness who believe Jesus is Michael, the archangel, the highest created being. This contradicts scripture that declares Jesus to be God. Many other new cults are popping up all the time. And we must be on the alert, be ready to defend our beliefs. Another element of testing is test the conduct of the person. Sometimes the test is based on conduct and the fullness of people's lives. Absolutely. In John chapter 15, he talks about being productive and bearing fruits. Fruit that is Christ-like, that glorifies the Father, like the fruits of the Spirit. And particularly, love that we have talked about this morning, which is embodiment of Christ, is evidence of a Christian-style living. You know, Matthew 17, it talks about watch out 
for the false prophet. They come to you in sheep, clothing, but inwardly they are voracious wolves. Their fruit, you will recognize them. John also provides the reasons for, for us to test and, deter, and discern. We are to be concerned for each other as indicated in our GPS. We are to help one another to proceed to the root. In fact, that was the essence of the kingdom of God that we had been learning about in 2020. John then focuses the testing from the Spirit's influence to people's influence. Have you heard of the term social influencer? This is the latest buzzword. An influencer, by definition, is someone who affects or changes the way that other people behave. What are social media influencers? Well, over the last decade, we have seen social media growing rapidly in its importance. According to a report, we are social in 2019, January, 3.48 billion people actively use social media. That's 45% of the world's population. Inevitably, these people look up to influences in social media to guide them and their decision-making. Influences in social media are people who have built a reputation for their knowledge and expertise on a specific topic. They make regular posts about that topic and on their preferred social media channel and generate large followings of enthusiastics. They engage people who pay close attention to their view. Brands love media influencers because they can create trends and encourage their followers to buy products they promote. You know, there are things like mega influencers who are those over one million followers. It's not just the celebrity folks. They're also journalists. They're also academics. They're also industry experts, professional advisors, and yes, of course, churches. Yes, some have huge followings and influence through podcasts, blogging, and TV. But... But nothing is beyond reproach. They all need to be tested. Are you being wrongly influenced? The word tells us to be aware of who our Jesus is. That is, Jesus is the Son of God who came in flesh to die and save us from our sins. Just as John wanted to reassure his readers that Jesus is God so too he reassures us that we belong to God. Our GPS tells us to proceed to the root and we should not fear what is ahead. Have you altered your course? Are you meandering along and have lost direction? The beginning of the year is always a good time to reflect. Are there challenges to your faith doctrines that are causing you to stumble? That is discouraging you to lose your focus on our Lord and take away the desire to see God's purpose for your life this year. Why did John write so much about being aware of false teaching? Well, I think because he didn't want us to miss out on God's full 
and perfect love. Second part. This is picked up in the second part of the text. When John proclaims God is love and is the only standard by which we are to live our lives. As children of God and living as children, as God's children, we are to be witnesses in our relationship with one another by loving as God loved us. How we live and love reflects our God the Father. That God, that is God's love in action. We are asked to love one another for that is of God. This is a huge ask. And the only way we can meet this expectation is by allowing God's spirit to dwell richly in us and lead us. This is what John is referring to when he reminds the community that their victory is not their own doing. In reality, it results because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. No one has ever seen God in verse 12. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is complete in us. In verse 13 it says, this is how we know that we live in him. He has given us of his spirit. Have we gone off the route? Do we need to heed the call of the Holy Spirit and proceed to the route? Are we listening, reading and watching things that are hindering our walk with God? COVID-19 introduced us to the world of social media more than ever before. The internet, YouTube, Twitter, Google, blogs, etc. are great tools. But what's put out there needs to be tested. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us. Perhaps we need to turn down all the outward influences on our lives and gain inner directedness by listening for the still small voice of God. Why was John so determined to reinforce the understanding about God's perfect love? Because he didn't want people to miss out on living with the assurance that perfect love casts out all fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Fear was a huge worry. Well, during John, John's time, but even today. I don't know about you, but actually I fear. Fear of not being accepted by Christ and fear of the unknown. Today we have big fears like the state of our nation and a decline in our Christian values or the world's climate issues. And of course, lately, the threat of democracies as we have seen in America. We face personal fears like getting old and sick, wondering who will look after us, Maybe your families are giving you a hard time. You may be worried about your job or losing a job or finding a job. Money is a huge concern. You may have come to church this morning with deep-seated fears that you haven't shared with anyone. But here is our encouragement today. God's perfect love casts out all fears. That is why John was so determined for us to understand and grasp and discern the full power of the scripture. He didn't want us, didn't want any false talk, 
doctrines or spirits get in the way of us accepting that God's perfect love cast away fear. We can stand before God with all confidence because of what Jesus has done for us. But we need to check our lives and proceed to the root so we can fully enjoy the benefits of God's perfect love. Let's pray. Dear Lord, may we learn to walk by faith each morning of the day and not be swayed by sight or feelings or emotion. May we learn to trust your word more and more with each passing day knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. For it is our heart's desire that all we do and say we may be pleasing in your sight. Help us not only to do what is good and acceptable in your eyes, but help us to speak and think aright. May we live in a right relationship with you, walk humbly before you all the days of our lives. And we pray that we may develop an attitude of grateful praise and thanksgiving. Help us to water all the way, all that we see and do with prayer, and may our action and attitude be rooted in your love and surrounded by your grace. Oh Lord, we pray that the words of our mouth be pleasing and acceptable to you, and that our conversation be always full of grace and seasoned with salt. Grant us wisdom, we pray, to know how best to answer everyone with whom you come in contact and love, but without compromise. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.